Welcome, everybody, at another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. Hopefully you're all enjoying your day. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, now, this is the first time I'm doing a pay-per-view review after the show's in I don't know how long. So it is time to cover Royal Rumble 2023, a pay-per-view paid premium live event, whatever they call it nowadays. Let's just get into how this show went down. So right off the bat, we get a huge moment because before the first match happens... Pat McAfee's back, yay, to the commentary table, Corey Graves ain't happy about it, and at one point, uh, Pat McAfee's jumping in his chair, because he's trying to stand, but like, yay, and he almost falls over, so you have a ringside producer just holding the chair, being like, hey, don't fall over, motherfucker, you got antivirus software to sell. So, a surprising thing is, we start the night with the men's Royal Rumble match. Holy shit. So, first entrant, of course, is Gunther, the Intercontinental Champion, the only champion we saw of the night actually bring their championship to ringside. And number two, Sheamus. So, we're kind of getting a bit of a flashback to what happened at uh, Clash of the Castle. Both men slugging it out. Out comes The Miz, number three, boo. Number four, Kofi Kingston. He's starting out strong. Double Does a double crossbody to Miz and Gunther, a spot we've seen more than once throughout this evening, which got a little old. Even hit a double boom drop on both of them. Then out comes number five, Johnny Gargano. Or as I want to call him, Johnny Gargano Charisma. Because he's just not emanating everything, anything at all. Then we get our first elimination of the match. Sheamus ends up getting, or sorry, he gets the elimination on The Miz. Because you get a super kick by Gargano. Bro kick knocks Miz off the apron. Boom, Miz is gone. Number six, out comes Xavier Woods. Kofi tries the victory roll with Xavier because they're trying to do the whole hey tag team partners we could be fighting so he's trying to victory roll Xavier stops the move slaps his ass just for the fun of it it's just like okay what the hell ever number seven out comes carrying cross don't really care number eight out comes Chad Gable and he's doing some mad wrestling with Xavier Woods that's kind of a surprise number nine out comes Drew McIntyre and then afterwards we get a next elimination as Drew McIntyre gets rid of carrying cross who did little to nothing in this match, other than just having a bit of a brawl with Gunther a little bit there. Number 10, Santos Escobar, who I don't know anything about because I don't watch NXT. 11, how comes Angelo Dawkins? Hey, big guy, whatever. Then number, the third elimination of the night, Xavier Woods gets knocked out by Gunther. Kind of sad. And Gunther even launches Kofi out of the ring, and you wonder if Kofi saves from elimination because he crashes into an announcer, ta- or an announcer chair. And one of his feet possibly did not hit the floor, but we don't know. They never revisited it, saying, uh, Kofi, you're gone. Then now comes number 12, Brock Lesnar. We had Suplex City again, which, please, can we retire this? It's been over eight years. Then we start getting some more eliminations. We had a fallway slam to Santos Escobar, launching over the top rope. Angelo Dawkins gets clothesline over the top by Brock. And you even have uh, Chad Gable get thrown out, and we get a big stare down before some slugging between Gunther and Brock, which I know people are kind of hyped about. Number 13, out comes Bobby Lashley. He spears Lesnar, even clotheslines him over the top rope, which surprised me, and Lesnar's pissed off. He tries destroying the announce table with the seal saps. Doesn't work. I mean, that's a major surprise, but I guess if you're not the Spanish announce table, you're not going to really destroy that easily. He's taking out referees, and officials got to launch him back. Out comes number 14, Baron Corbin, but Lesnar bulldozes him in the entryway and he even dropped him with the F5 on the floor. Love that. Number 15 comes out, Seth Rollins. Corbin ends up getting thrown into the ring by Seth Rollins. Rollins rolls in, super kick, and then clothesline out to Corbin. So, Corbin didn't even last that long. Number 16, Otis. He, he, he. Otis, he's having some of his moments. I know he did a caterpillar in the match. And number 17 was supposed to have been Ray, but he no-shows. 
I mean, that will fight. You'll see why in just a moment. And somehow I didn't catch this moment, but Rollins sneakily eliminated Bobby Lashley. It's whatever. Number 18, out comes Dominic wearing his father's mask and is even ripping it up on his way down to the ring. And Otis also gets eliminated by the Banger Bros, a.k.a. Drew and Sheamus. Although I keep hearing rumors that WWE doesn't want them going by that name because of the reference, but I think commentaries conflict on what to call them. Number 19, out comes Elias. He gets in the ring, smashes his guitar over the back of Gunther, which involves blood, and Elias doesn't last long because he takes a Claymore bro kick combo and then gets thrown out by both men. So, yeah, Elias' time did not last long. Number 20, Finn Balor gag. Gargano tried to do that middle rope launching spear. Balor hits a drop kick to stop that, and then Gargano gets thrown out. I can't remember who Gargano was doing it to. I think he was trying to go for Damian Priest or somebody else. Number 21, the only surprise... Oh, wait, no, sorry, Damian Priest wasn't even in the match yet. But number 21, the only surprise entrant really here, Booker T. Gets in the match, does some moves, he hits like a bookend in the match, spin Rooney, and then he's thrown out by Gunther. Bit of a waste. Number 22, Damian Priest. 23, Montez Ford with his red solo cup. And you even saw Priest choke slam Ford over the top rope, landing to the floor, but Ford still landed on his feet, which was kind of surprising. Number 24, Edge is back. He gets in the ring. He's got a house of fire. He spears Balor and Priest. Goes after Dominic because Dominic's trying to go for a 619, but Edge stops it with his own spear. Priest and Balor end up throwing Edge over the top rope, so this whole Judgment Day Edge stuff is still going on. Edge tried to eliminate Dominic, or sorry, Priest and Balor got thrown over by Edge. Edge tries to eliminate Dominic, but then Priest and Balor stop it and take Edge out over the top rope. So then Edge is fighting his way up the ramp as number 25 comes out, Austin Theory. Edge is chasing after Balor, and Balor falls over near the stageway area, and then Rhea Ripley comes out and attacks Edge. She thinks, yeah, take that motherfucker. But what's behind her? Beth Phoenix, who spears Ripley on the concrete. Ouch. We'll get back to that a little later on. Number 26, Osmosis Jones, a.k.a. Omos, comes out. He's taking out everybody in the ring because he's a big guy. 27, here's Braun, he, who ends up clotheslining Omos over the top rope after they're going back and forth with some striking brawls. 28, come up the ass ricochet. Not the same one that you see from Mucha Lucha, by the way. Gunther, afterward, or sorry, after Ricochet's in, he eliminates Sheamus and Drew by dumping Drew over the top rope as Sheamus is on the apron, so takes them both out. Nice one there. Number 29, the return of Logan Paul. I warned people on Twitter, hide your money, kids, because Logan Paul is going to want his hands on it. And everybody, thankfully, starts dogpiling on Logan Paul. Thank you, because Texas was not happy to see him. And then number 30, the predictable entrant, Cody Rhodes. So we didn't really have many, many to little no surprises in this match. Cody comes out. You'd have Dominic trying to do the three amigos to, to try to mock Eddie. By the time he shows for the third one, he's busy posing everything, and then Cody reverses into the crossroads. Out goes Dominic. Logan Paul do one of the best OMG moments in a Royal Rumble match. Both on the opposite sides of the ring, they both springboard and collide into each other. Yikes. I do love that, though, by the way. Now you get to the part where the match finally breaks down. Cody dumps Braun out, who was checking on Ricochet, so that was a huge surprise because Ricochet was on the apron again. Theory clotheslines Ricochet over the top. You see a stomp to Theory, who sold it like a boss, and then out, then clothesline to Theory by Cody, so Theory's out. Then they were speculating on whether or not Logan Paul was even there. I didn't even know because I put in my notes saying, either Logan Paul was eliminated when I blinked, or he's still in the match without anybody knowing. So, at first, we're down to seemingly just Cody, Rollins, and Gunther, and eventually Logan comes back. But both Cody and Rollins hit their own pedigrees on Gunther. 
who they finally announced in commentary that Gunther has now broken Rey Mysterio's record for longest time spent in a single Royal Rumble match. So he's now broken the record after 17 years. Logan gets back in the match. He throws Rollins out of the ring to stop the pedigree on Cody Rhodes. And now we're down to Cody, Gunther, and Logan. Crossroads on Logan, and out he goes. Logan sold it like how Roman sold the Ark Hill that he took in the 2017 Royal Rumble endings. Like, oh my face, throw. Now we're down to Cody and Gunther. Number one being Gunther, and number 30, Cody. Both men are going back and forth, chops. One of the best, like, final two that they've done in a while. Finally, at the end, you got Gunther trying to go for what looked like a running power slam. Cody reverses into the crossroads, clothesline to Gunther over the top. Boom, Cody wins. It was a fun-ish match, predictable finish, and not many really memorable entrance. Like, the only surprise you really had was Booker T. I wouldn't count Logan as a surprise, but it's like, yeah... He's back all of a sudden after his meniscus tear, but nobody was happy to see him. And we could tell Cody was going to win. I did think I did think we were going to see The Rock come in because I wasn't buying the whole rumors that he wasn't going to be back in time to or be in shape for WrestleMania because it's The Rock of all people. He's always in shape. But I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll still see The Rock at some point because who's to say he won't come back down the line and challenge Roman for the title later on because who knows? Cody could go for one title and Rock for the other. Plans can happen anytime. Now, match number two, Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight in the Mountain Dew Pitch Black Match. The only rules that we knew were no disqualification, no countout, ends via pinfall or submission, anything goes. Which, to me, I thought was like they were trying to go for another no disqualification-esque match just with a fancy name. Just like, oh, SummerSlam 93, Undertaker, Giant Gonzalez. It's a rest in peace match, aka no disqualification. But they turn, they start the match... And they actually put a black light filter so everything else is glowing. And you see this weird body paint all over Bray's body, which makes him look like what would happen if you had Scar from the Alien vs. Predator movie and Jake Sully from Avatar and make them have a love child together. That's what he looked like. And you'll, This match was surprisingly short. I mean, Bray tried to suplex LA Knight off the barricade to the announce table, which didn't work, and Knight reversed it to his own running crossbody off the... the Barricade into Bray through the announce table. He had green shit flying all over the place, which was weird. And for some reason, we saw a toolbox brought into the ring. I'm getting flashback to Hell in a Cell 2019. LA Knight's got a Singapore cane. He's wailing on Bray White. And before you could get a final shot, Bray just suddenly gets his sister Abigail, wins the match. So a rare time where it takes one finisher to finish the match. But you remember more for post-match because Bray puts this weird mask on. And Knight is trying to go into retreat, running through the crowd. He's trying to fend off Bray with a Singapore cane shot to the head. It's not working. Just like when Seth Rollins is trying to keep away the Fiend, it ain't working at all. Mandible Claw puts LA Knight down around somewhere in the audience slash production area. And then we see a big platform behind Bray. And there's Uncle Howdy, who's watching from above. And he does pretty much Darby Allen's coffin drop off the platform into Knight. Explosions and fire break out. And then Bray is just posing there. In front of, around LA Knight's dead body, practically. And then on that platform Uncle Howdy was on, he sees some of the Firefly Funhouse friends watching. So, I guess that pretty much means this whole thing is not done just yet. Especially with that finish. I mean, plus, who the fuck is Uncle Howdy? There's still rumors on who is behind that persona. Now, match number three, also not a lot to bring up. Bianca Belair defending the Raw Women's Championship against Alexa Bliss. The whole field being that Alexa... Seems to be under the hypnotic spell again because Bray's around and Uncle Howdy and she's the face of 
fear or whatever the hell she's saying. So, friends now turn bitter enemies because one is gone. Psycho. They're going with the match. The match was nothing special. Bianca was starting off strong with offense. The only thing Alexa did at the beginning was doing that bow and arrow lock, but she's using Bianca's long hair to kind of stretch out the move. It was whatever. Bianca even reversed an elevated choke out of the corner that uh, Alexa had, which the referee was trying to count to five. She got in. Bianca got back in the ring while in the hold and reversed into a suplex. It was okay. Alexa kind of messed up her to try to reverse that head... head uh, whatever it's called, the handspring, rebound, moonsault, whatever Bianca does, springing out of the ropes and everything like that. Barely got her knees up. They had to do it again because something clearly went off. You even had Alexa countered a powerbomb into a snap DDT from here fall. So yeah, finisher got kicked out of. Finally, at the end, Alexa avoided the hair whip. She tries to go for her sister, Abigail, gets blocked by Bianca, KOD, that's it. So it takes one KOD to put down Alexa Bliss and this match is over. And post-match, Alexa's still in the ring, and you see this weird, eerie video on the Titantron showing past footage of Alexa when she was with Bray back then a few years ago, and showing her just being talked to by Uncle Howdy, so something's still going there. Match number quattro. That's four for those who don't know Spanish. We got the Women's Royal Rumble match. 30 women? With far more surprise or random entries here. Number one, you got Rhea Ripley, who is still selling the ribs right at the beginning because they remind us, hey, she got speared. Feels like there could have been a bit more time where she could have been better with her ribs and everything. And then number two, out comes Liv Morgan. All right. Number three, you got Dana Brooke, who lasted a lot longer than I expected for a woman who wasn't really doing much of anything at this point. Number four, you got Emma, whatever. Five, Shayna Baszler. All right. Six, out comes Bailey. And then number seven, you got B-Fab, who I don't know who she is because I don't know anything about Hit Row. Doesn't last long. I think they said she lasted 36 seconds, gets thrown out by Rhea Ripley. Number eight, out comes Roxanne Perez, the NXT Women's Champion, who does not come out with the title. Just like Austin Theory did not come out with the U.S. title. One impressive thing I'll say about Roxanne, she did that double spinning head scissor like woo-woo-woo, like Raven Serial does, and then did a kip-up. I like that. Number nine, out comes Dakota Kai. Number 10, EO Sky. So all three members of Damage Control are in there. Dana Brooke helps Emma get back in the ring and then gets eliminated by Damage Control right afterwards. Dakota Kai even hit a bicycle kick to knock Emma off the apron right after that to, for her elimination. Damage Control also work together, start taking out Roxanne. All right. Number 11, out comes Natalia, who's got a score to settle with Shayna Baszler for breaking her nose. I honestly did not care that Natalia was there because it's like you've been around for 15 years. What's there left for you to do? At least even get me to care. Number 12, out comes Candice LeRae. At first, when I saw the name Candice on the ring apron or barricade that showed above the ring apron, I thought it was Candice Michelle because you just saw Candice. I was like, oh, it's Gargano's wife. Damage Control starts taking Shayna and Natalia for a brawl. I think Shayna had that chokehold or whatever. I can't remember what the name of her chokehold is. She's got Natalia. They're both on the apron, and then Damage Control knocked both of them off, so... There goes Shayna and Natalia. 13, Zoe Stark. Don't know who she is. Number 14, Zia Lee. Also don't know who she is. Because again, I barely keep up with what's going on nowadays. Eo Sky, after Zia Lee comes in, she dumps Candice Array off the top rope to, from the apron. So, yeah. Sorry. Eo Sky is on the apron. Candice Array is on the top. Boom, knocks Candice Array off. Thank goodness. Number 15, out comes the man, Becky Lynch. She's stopping in a, a sabotage attack by Eo and Dakota in the aisleway. Goes straight for Bailey. Start brawling on the outside on the opposite side near the ring uh, announce table, but then they're beating her down in another three-on-one attack. And no Vince Russo. 
She was not buried this past Monday night on Raw just because she got beaten down three on one. Numbers disadvantage. It's not a burial. Number 16, Tegan Knox. Number 17, out comes Asuka. Do a great pop. She's got her psycho face paint on and everybody was like, oh, so great reaction there. Tegan and Liv are selling it. They're like, they're in shock. They're like, what the fuck? Then Asuka low bridges Tegan. She stops like Tegan from trying to springboard back into the ring with a roundhouse kick. So Tegan hits the floor. Number 18, Piper Niven. The name Dewdrop is finally gone. Hallelujah. Number 19, out comes Tamina. Becky's finally getting back in the ring. You see a DDT at, to EO and reverse DDT to Dakota at the same time. So a double team maneuver there by Becky to take out two of the three members of Damage Control. Number 20, Chelsea Green, which sounds like the name of a woman who would have her own talk show on the E-Network. She comes in and is immediately thrown out by Rhea Ripley. Yeah, great move there. Becky then get, eliminates Dakota Kai and EO Sky. Bailey comes in, dumps Becky out. Even though I accidentally put Bailey takes out Bailey from behind. Stupid notes there. And then Liv takes out Bailey. So four eliminations in a row, and Liv gets great pop for eliminating Bailey there. Number 21, Zelina Vega dressed up like Jury from the Street Fighter series, which was a cool touch there. Zelina and Zia Lee are both the. Yeah, I think it's Zia Lee. I can't keep remembering how to pronounce uh, Asian names or anything like that. My apologies. They're both on the apron. They're trying to prowl like Street Fighter style, and Zelina takes Zia off the apron for the elimination there. 22, out comes Ray. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez, she's got the flames on her tights. Tribute to Eddie, love that there. 23, Mia Yim, aka Mitchin. I don't know where that name comes from. People didn't really even react to her being there. 24, the woman who's constantly getting a repackage, Miss Lacey Evans. Like, oh, I'm gonna do the Cobra Clutch. I've got a right hand, women's right. Make up your mind what you're doing with her, WWE. 25, Michelle McCool. Do it simply in the front row near the announce table. So first time somebody enters the match through the crowd, Tamina gets thrown over the top rope after McCool is eventually in and takes a big boot by McCool to get eliminated. All right. 26, out comes Annie Harwell. Don't know her. 27, Sonya Deville. You see Sonya get in the ring. She hits a knee onto Zoe Stark and throws her over the top rope for the elimination. Lacey even gets an elevated cover clutch out of the corner to Zelina lifts her body up and then dumps her over the top rope so that was actually pretty creative so yeah Lacey stuck with her promise saying that she was going to do the Cobra Clutch and she did 28 out comes Shotzi Blackheart with her tank and he misses up and during this time Eddie misses a big boot to Sonya to land on the apron so going over the top and then a leap back inside gets blocked by Sonya and Sonya knocks India to the floor so another elimination there number 29 out comes Nikki Cross and she's just going and attacking everybody and then they botch it here, because before the countdown timer could finish up and everything, all of a sudden, you hear number 30 already coming out, and here's Nia Jax. Because you could see it, because all of a sudden the apron lights up, and then in the corner temporarily, you can see it, the countdown timer, so they mess up time there, and there's Nia. Nia comes in the ring, and everybody gangs up on her, they're like, fuck you, and then she throws everybody off like Big Show did in 2004 Royal Rumble. Nice throwback there. Rhea barely even manages to get the riptide on Nia Jax, and then everybody together, 11 women, throws Nia over the top rope, and then she tells everybody to suck it. That doesn't work if you don't have a dick. Then you finally start, we're finally out of entrance. Eliminations start going. Final three, you finally get our down to Asuka, Rhea Ripley, and Liv Morgan. All three women take each other out on the apron. Asuka tries to go for the blue mist onto Rhea Ripley. Rhea ducks. Gets in Lacey Evans's, or sorry, Liv Morgan's face, and then Rhea does kind of like a 619 through the ropes, 
to hit Asuka from behind and knock her off the apron. So Asuka's floor. Now we're down to Liv and uh, Rhea Ripley. Liv hits that code breaker. I think she calls it the Jersey code breaker. Rhea slips. She's still got her hands on the top rope hanging there. Feet not hitting the floor. Then Rhea tries pounding away at the hands of Rhea to make her lose her grip. Then Rhea kind of skins the cat up, gets her legs up, wraps around Liv's head, and then drops her to the floor for the elimination. And Rhea wins the match, entering in at number one. I think she lasted for around an hour or something like that, but a rare time where somebody enters number one and wins the whole kit and caboodle. So I gotta praise the booking that they did here for Rhea during this whole thing. Great work here. Now you, you also get that video or the music performance. Did not care. I hated that. Then you get to number five, the final match in the main event of the evening. Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns. For the third time at a Royal Rumble pay-per-view, this time for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, the only people in Roman's corner at this, throughout the match are Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman. Now, right off the bat, Owens takes hard to offense, gets hit with an, I think he got hit with an elbow or clothesline, turns inside out, but he quickly gets back up. He retaliates with a high elbow, running senton and corner cannonball to Reign, so he's trying to lay in the offense there. Roman gets taken on the floor. And Owens gets onto the apron afterwards. Frog splash off the apron. Throws Roman in. Frog splash off the top. Near fall. Then you get some heavier offense. Roman gets a set out power bomb for two. The Superman punch gets reversed into Superman or German suplex. And Roman stops another corner cannonball. It's a Superman punch. This time gets for near fall. Then Roman's charging in the corner. Spear. Hoo-ah, hoo-ah. But he hits the post when Owens sidesteps him. Super kick. Top rope swanton bomb for near fall. Then you get a little slip up here. On stride going for that springboard, like, twisting moon, corner moonsault, almost like a the best moonsault ever. Kind of a variation of that that Christopher Daniels does. He slips, misses, tries covering up with a running senton, misses the middle rope moonsault, and then eats a spear for two. So now we're getting to the whole main event finishers mean nothing thing. Even though a few matches before this wasn't really much of a thing. Uh, then Roman tries going for the spear again. Knee to the face stops it. Owens tries going for the stunner. Roman blocks it. Shoves Owens to the referee. So referee's out. Pop up power bomb to Roman. And it would have gotten the win because Roman was down for like a 30 count there. But of course, referee's down. Roman tries, or sorry, Owens tries to pick Roman up. Low blow. So referee didn't see it. And Roman orders Sammy, fetch him a chair. Sammy's running around, can't find a chair. It's like, dumbass, it's under the ring. He's got the chair. He's hesitant to give it to Roman. But then Roman finally gets a chair, and boom, stunner on Reigns. One, two, dangerously close near fall. Extremely close. Pop a powerbomb attempt on by Owens on Reigns. Reigns counters it in midair with a Superman punch. Great one there. And then another spear. Another seriously close near fall. Owens is crawling around the floor. Sammy's just pleading with him like, dude, just stay down. What are you doing? Stay down. And as soon as Owens gets up, because they're around the ringside area for the barricade near the timekeeper's area, speared Owens through the, announce or through the barricade there. Owens gets thrown back in the ring, rolls around on the other side. Because he's like, can't pin me if I'm not still in the ring. And Roman's is like, all right, Sammy, let's see what you got to say about this. And twice in a row, he smashes the back of Ro of Kevin Owens' head into the steel steps. And not from the side, it's the part where you're stepping on. And Sammy, you can see he's not comfortable with this. Heyman sounds like, that's your tribal chief. Acknowledge him. And Sammy's just like, if feeling iffy, he's like, yeah, uh, okay. And slowly raising his finger up in the air. One more speared Owens after taking a slap to the face, and that's it. Roman Reigns wins and retains the championship. I mean, before I get to the post-match stuff, because this is where it gets big, this match was actually pretty damn good, even though 
more focus was based on Sami Zayn and what he was going to do, but this was still a pretty damn good match. Props there. Then post-match is where everything hits the fam. Post-match, you get the Usos and Sol Sokoa coming down, and it seems like they're going to put that lay around the neck of Sami because of Jay, but then Roman's like, hey, hold on, nuh -uh. Beat down Kevin Owens. So the Usos are beating him down. One and done, a.k.a. the 1D slash the 3D. Owens gets put in the corner with a chair wrapped around his head, and then so then Solo does that running butt attack that Umaga would do, and you can see Sammy is trying to speak up. He's like, "Hey, wait!" But it's like too late. Boom! Hits him. Then we get handcuffs. Kevin Owens gets handcuffed, one arm through each pair of handcuffs to the top rope, kind of like he's getting crucified. And we just see a nonstop super kick party by the Usos as Owens crumbles. And Sammy is trying to advise Roman, don't use the chair. Roman's like, I'm going to hit you with the chair. And then Sammy finally gets in the way, stop the attack. Everybody's like, uh-oh. It's like, hold on. Enough is enough. You made your point. Enough. He's done. He's finished. Then Roman takes a chair, hands it to Sammy. He's like, then you do it. Sammy's just like, come on. And hes it's being teased that he might hit Roman. Because the whole time, Sammy's just looking not being comfortable at all. Using the chair on Roman, or on Kevin Owens. He's just like, ugh. It's like, come on, like, this isn't necessary. So then, finally, Roman's getting in the face of Kevin Owens. Sammy's backed up. And just like what we saw from when the shield broke up, Sammy took the chair, smashed in the back of Roman. My jaw legit dropped. I was like, what? And Sammy's apologizing to Usos. They're like, what are you doing? And he's just like, I'm sorry. Then Jimmy super kicks Sammy Zayn to knock him down and starts bringing in the fist like over and over and over and Roman you could see at first he was getting emotional he's like why being betrayed there and then Sola boom Samoan spike right to Sammy but then this whole time this beatdown is going on Jay's in the corner he's conflicted about all this the blonde line is looking at him being like come on attack him what are you doing go up top splash him but Jay's just like, nah, man. Rolls out of the ring and walks his way back up the aisleway. And he's crying because, like, he can't handle this. Like, he cannot handle seeing what he's seeing being done to Sammy after all this time. And Roman, he's just blasting away Sammy with a steel chair. He rips away the honorary Oost shirt from Sammy's body. And the fans are chanting, fuck you, Roman. <laughs> it's like, that's big heat right there. He starts taking individual flowers from the lay and just... Dropping over Sammy's body just one by one by one. Jimmy takes that torn shirt, waves it over Sammy's body, and hits one more super kick on Kevin Owens as we see that final shot of both men just laying there defeated. Owens still stuck with the handcuffs, and Sammy just laying there, no longer part of the bloodline, and those flowers from the lay still dangle all around the ring at his body. And that's how it concludes. I gotta say right there, that post-match sequence from a storyline and drama and emotion standpoint was one of the best finishes like endings to a pay-per-view they've ever done hands down with all the build and everything they were doing because like you knew at this night that sammy was going to do something because i knew i knew that kevin owens wasn't going to win you were just wondering what was sammy going to do you could see that sammy still cared about kevin owens to the point where he did not want to see kevin just keep getting destroyed like this and finally, Sammy just had enough because before he swung the chair, Roman was just constantly pushing him in the face. And then he's like, enough is enough. Boom. Like, he snapped. And then the bloodline is just like, fuck you. So who knows where they're going to go from here? I mean, I think people were predicting that probably at least WrestleMania, we may see a tag match of Owens and Zayn reuniting to go against the Usos. 
But I mean, who knows? Because we also saw what happened with Jay. He's emotional. He did not want to take part in this. He just walked away from everything. So it really makes you wonder what's happening next. But I got to give WWE props. Like the men's World Rumble match, nothing special. I mean, one surprise entrant. The mid-air collision with Logan Paul and Ricochet was awesome, and it was predictable for the win. Women's Royal Rumble match, gotta give props for the booking of Rhea Ripley there. Survived to the very end. The Bray LA Knight match, I'd say it was fine. I mean, it was short, but I mean, it was one of those storyline matches, so not every match is gonna be like back-and-forth slobberknocker match. The Women's Royal Women's Championship match, it was just there. And then this main event, the match itself was pretty damn good, and then the post-match... Like I said, made it one of the best endings to a pay-per-view WWE has ever done. Hands down. If I had to give this a rating, at the most, I'd probably say around 7.5. Because that ending really bumped it up. I would have said around a 6 or a 7, but I'm bummed up to 7.5. Because like I said, that finish to the pay-per-view just really bumped it up. And really got you invested. Because that reaction Sammy got when he slammed that chair into the bag of Roman. Holy shit. Amazing. So anyway, that is going to conclude it for my review of Royal Rumble 2023, folks. Let me know in the comment section below, what did you think about the Royal Rumble pay-per-view overall? Whether it be individual matches or anything like that, let me know in the comment section below. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember, leave a like, subscribe with the bell turned on if you're listening to this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this on any other service that this podcast is available on. And I will catch you all in the next one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody. And I don't acknowledge the tribal chief.